And then before you even start, you need, you need to then think, okay, do I have the time? Um, because it isn't like paid ads where you can set up a campaign and let it run. Um, there is an element of that, but you, you need to be invested in this because it's a partner marketing channel. So you you know are talking to other people. Same way we're talking now. There's a, a fair bit of time that you want to be putting into this and saying, right, how do I work best with this partner? Is it just me or when you think about affiliate marketing, the first thing that pops into your head is discounts or heavy discounts, cheap brand. And that's probably because 10 years prior to me working at the Growth Foundation, I've never dealt in the affiliate marketing space. Hasn't been a channel I've engaged or lent into. But in the last few months, I've been learning. And today I had the opportunity to really lean in. I had Jack Davis, who's the commercial director over at WebGains, and we talk all things affiliate marketing. Firstly, we start off with what is affiliate marketing and the benefits. Then we tackle that conception around whether it's just for heavy discount brands and how do discounts play into the wider strategy and is discounts even a dirty word? We move the conversation along to how brands can be more successful when it comes to affiliate marketing as a channel, whether you're brand new or have been doing it for a while. I try and get my head around how commercials work. What does the commission structure look like and how are things reconciled? And then we wrap up with a bit of future gazing. What does Jack think this space looks like in the future? And then what's the importance or the benefit of the relationship between a network and an agency? Before we jump into today's show, I want to say a quick thank you to our friends over at Bloomreach and Verse. You'll learn more about them in the middle of the episode. But right now, let's jump into this conversation with Jack over at WebGains on all things affiliate marketing. Growing a business can be an absolute nightmare. One minute you're flying high, next feels like the wheels are coming off. It's thrilling, scary, it's unpredictable, and whether you're a startup or you're turning over 100 million plus, growth is really, really easy to get wrong. So we've made The Right Way to Grow podcast. It's a podcast with hosts and guests who've seen growth firsthand. They can spot the pitfalls and the opportunities, and they're gonna share their ideas and their experiences with you. If you're a growing business, want to grow a business, or are having trouble growing your business, The Right Way to Grow is the one place to come to find out how to get growing by getting all your foundations working perfectly together. So if you're currently listening to hundreds of different podcasts, to try and find the nuggets and hidden gems, we're about to save you a ton of time. Every month, we'll do deep dives into big questions around growth with some very special guests. And every week, we'll fill you in on the latest hot developments in the world of e-commerce and growth, because obviously all that stuff changes every single week. So if you want to grow the right way, all you've got to do now is hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Jack, thank you so much for joining us on the Right Way to Grow podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah, very well. How are you? Yeah, really good. Hey, not many people ask me that question back, actually. I appreciate it, mate. I'm really good. Jack, for, I guess, a bit of scene setting first, do you want to give a quick intro to who you are, a bit about your backstory would be interesting, and then what WebGains is, and then we can get straight into all things affiliate marketing. Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Jack Davies, the commercial director at WebGains. Um, very quick history. Uh, fell into affiliate marketing uh, straight out of university um, with a company called The Hook Group. So working on um, my protein, which is one of their major brands. 
um, and then went from there. Being based in Manchester, end up in the fast fashion scene with Boohoo before moving on to Fanatics, who were um, originally kitbag.com, but um, got bought out by Fanatics Group, which is a much wider US-based company. Um, and whilst they really saw a massive gap in the market for a, for a network to be based up north in the UK, um, it's kind of a bugbear of mine. I didn't want to go to London all the time. And was kind of sick of that. I'm probably just, you know, proud to be north, but northern lad. And 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 so, um, Web Gains backed that idea. Um, so we set up the north, the northern office, based in Manchester on Princess Street now. Just me at first, and now there's uh, seven or eight of us now. So growing quite nicely. Loads of really nice brands that see the same benefit as well, which is fantastic. So that's my brief history. And and I guess for Web Gains. You know, we're 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 a major player in the affiliate network space. So, um, we we are the middleman between um, brands and publishers and, and agencies as well to to make affiliate marketing happen. Um, I know we're going to sort of share what affiliate marketing is, so probably won't sort of dabble too much into that one. I guess before I pepper you with a bunch of questions and maybe some misconceptions that even I had coming into this world. Can you just outline for people that might not know what affiliate marketing is, high level, what does it actually mean? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in its most basic form, affiliate marketing is promoting another brand's products in return for a commission. Um, so you'll probably see affiliate um, used in a number of different ways. And actually, it's got different names depending on who you are, where you're based, et cetera. So partner marketing, I mean, influencer marketing also sort of falls under affiliate now, especially more these days. But that's the, the general essence of it is, is that you have a publisher or a partner or an affiliate, um, three words, I'm going to confuse people there, who will promote brands um, and their products in order to drive customers to their site, make a sale. Um, and they get paid a commission for that pre-agreed commission. And then in the middle of that, you've got um, a network such as WebGains um, who will track using our tracking and tech to make sure that the sale happened, that that sale was correct, the value is correct, and therefore what the commission is. Um, and also the network sort of sits in the middle to form. I like to call it like a black book of, of contacts in terms of like partners that you should be working with. So if you're a sports brand, what kind of partners would you like to work with? Um, you know, as that brand. Um, so again, you'll have sort of vertical agnostic publishers. So Top Cashback is a great example of someone who they work with fashion, home and garden, sport, um, food and drink. Um, but you might also have then within the content space, very specific publishers related to that brand. So it's up to the network um, to, to help find those publishers for you. Makes sense. There's There's a couple of things I want to try and punch into there in terms of I guess more of the mechanics around what the the value that the network creates. Let's just, I want to table one of my misconceptions coming into this world. Um, I, th I think the listeners are probably learning. I kind of spent the last 10 years in like digital consultancy, but affiliates was not part of the world that I've ever lived in in the past in terms of mm -hmm. the, I guess, the sectors that I've operated in. And I had this, rightly or wrongly, this idea that affiliate meant discount and it meant discount or discount heavy and only used when we wanted to flog something at a discount um, to, I guess, clear the shelves as a cheap and dirty tactic to get something sold. And um, yeah. they're my words. Can you just, yeah. I guess, share with me, and you probably disagree. It's probably a loaded question, uh, but yeah. help me understand where I'm wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, there is an element of discount when it comes to affiliate, right? There are discount partners and some brilliant discount partners. Um, discount doesn't have to be a dirty word. Um, and there are sort of groups of people that you can... Uh, target through discount partners so you know if you want to 
go after student a student demographic or um you know any demographic there are publishers who can help you do that through the use of discounts so you know uni days student beans through students or go certify and we work very closely with whereby um if you want to web, web games actually one of our directors um ben came up with a really really good idea which is that um expectant mothers really are struggling at the moment because of obviously in the UK, especially maternity pay is horrendous. And so we we work with Go Certify, Chris Turner there to actually come up with a way of verifying if you're an expectant mother and therefore eligible for a discount of some sort. So yes. So, sorry, just on that bit of context. Yep. What is what is Go Certify? What, what's that? So Go Certify, um, I would probably class them as a tech partner, but they're, they're, they verify pieces of data to then basically quantify or qualify qualify if someone is who they say they are so for example and they qualify if you're a student you might be um uh studying at university or even like a b-tech whatever that might be like kind of course they can also just if we provide them with the the, the data that would again qualify someone as as i say an expectant mother for the nhs number that they we get when you um go to your doctor and say I'm pregnant like carry on start this process they get a number so actually we can qualify that as someone that actually is expecting and therefore um we can target those people with that data it, it was it was completely new to web gains uh, well to, to the industry in general but Ben Ben in uh, our team he saw this massive gap and, and worked with Chris at Go Certify and said can we do this um and it's 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 so important that you can kind of use affiliate yes discounting as you sort of mentioned that loaded question but in the right way um and and again on just on that point is that you can use discount partners simply to amplify what you're doing so if you've got an offer on your website already which is 10 percent or you know when you sign up via a newsletter or if you're a new person to the to their brand they can just amplify that you don't have to suddenly give them 50 percent off and hammer your margins um on the flip side to that you've got so many different types of partners on top of that so cashback um is huge full price offers the uh, full price sales sorry so you know if someone wants to come on your site to curries and buy a tv um they just get like a little thank you in the way of the commission that is paid to the cashback partner gets given to the customer full price sale um you've got content publishers um so again from <laughs> blogs to to video um related content to you know review websites huge especially within the tech space tech radar and publishers like that are massive if you're looking for a new piece of uh, one thing i was looking at was recent fitness um related tech right so a fitbit or apple watch or whatever and you want to compare and say what should i be looking to buy whoop band even now these days a lot of people are using them you can look at the reviews and say actually this is based on what's been written down here that's best for me um you know the 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 scope of affiliate types is is huge it's, it's definitely not just discount yeah completely i appreciate you tackling that head on i think uh myself and there must be other brands that uh, are sort of like coming through this space thinking they've kind of got this connotation of like affiliates equals discounts and i like the way you framed it actually at the top which is like discount doesn't necessarily have to be a dirty word like there can be a time and a place to use discounts use them effectively and i do like the amplification piece which is i think i always assume that hey if i want to use uh, affiliate partners it has to be more compelling than what i'm already doing but i might already be running some lean offers so you could just use it as an amplification method i think i think they're both super interesting in terms of so that's kind of like me just tabling my hey what's this is this true this misconception this episode of the right way to grow 
is brought to you in partnership with our friends over at Verse. Verse specialized in composable commerce. And if you're like me, you've heard this term composable and headless banded about quite a bit. So I went to Verse and said, do me a favor, simplify exactly what composable commerce means because I'd love to introduce it onto the pod. Here's what they wrote back. Composable commerce is like crafting with Lego blocks, where you get to pick and piece together various elements to form something entirely one of a kind. In the world of composable commerce, it's akin to assembling a personalized toolkit of technologies and seamlessly merging them to shape your unique online store. Think of it as constructing a digital masterpiece with Lego-like components that perfectly fit your store's needs. Now we know composable isn't a fit for everyone, but it might be a fit for you. And to find out if composable commerce is a fit for you, our friends over at Verse are offering listeners of this pod a completely free mini composable commerce audit. To grab that audit, simply head to verse.co.uk forward slash TGF. That URL again, that's verse.co.uk forward slash TGF for the Growth Foundation. Or you can simply press the link in the show notes to learn if Composable is a fit for your e-commerce journey and the right way to grow. Let's just move the conversation on a little bit. To if someone is right now thinking about, yeah, I am actually interested in the affiliate space, whether they've, they're just getting started all the way through to I'm using it, how to become more successful. Let's break those two things out. So if someone's listening to this going, this is interesting to me. What advice would you be giving someone that's starting to dabble in the affiliate space, like dipping their toe in the water? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, I would argue you want to make sure that everything on your site is 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 pretty much kosher in terms of, you know, people are able to go through the site, check out efficiently. There's no bugs. There's no problems there. You've got enough stock. Um, have you tried any other marketing methods yet? So paid social, paid ads, any Google shopping, that kind of stuff. Because that gives you a really good idea as to sort of what that flow of traffic looks like on your website and therefore are you set up for this? Um, On top of that, I would then also say, have you got the brand awareness yet? So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Absolutely anyone can do affiliate marketing. Um, There's no sort of like quota you have to hit in order to get into that. But the levels of success you you can expect from day one will change depending on those scales. So. You know, typically, have you got 30,000, 40,000 people, unique visitors coming to your website every month? That's a pretty good starting point, I would say. I mean, minimum of 20, I would say, is, is a really good time to then start thinking about that. And then before you even start, you need, you need to then think, okay, do I have the time? Um, because it isn't like paid ads where you can set up a campaign and let it run. Um, there is an element of that, but you, you need to be invested in this because it's a partner marketing channel. So you you know, are talking to other people. Same way we're talking now, there's a fair bit of time that you want to be putting into this and saying, right, how do I work best with this partner? How do I work best with top cashback versus a voucher partner versus a content partner? Because they're, they're all affiliates, but they're all very different. So understanding what that looks like. And again, it probably one step back from that is educating yourself a little bit on who they are and what they do. Um, Web Games have an online academy that's free. Um, it's a free resource and we go through all the different publisher types typical players in that in that space and how to work best with them so a little tag there but definitely check that out because it's it's free um for anyone but once you get to that point you can then start to think okay how you know are we ready to move forward who do you want to work with um you, you typically would need a network 
um, in order to work with these publishers. It's not scalable to set up with everyone. In terms of that, that time before someone jumps into a network, when they're looking at all the different partners, what, what should they be looking at? Because I guess for someone that's new to this space, top cash back or name, name the, the partner, if that's the right terminology. Is that the right terminology? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, perfect. What's the stuff that they should be looking at? Is it, um, depending on like brand agnostic, is it like specific verticals? And when you say there's time to be putting into that partner relationship like we're speaking today, does that physically mean having a conversation with top cashback or is that more of a putting time into the platform so top cashback can grab our offer? I guess I'm trying to understand for a layman like me in this space, what's yeah. the mechanics of how the how this connection takes place between me and my deal? I'm a DC brand. I want to sell some stuff. Yeah, I've got an opportunity to go via your network into these partners. What do I do on the network and what does that look like? Yeah, that's a good question. So, so there's probably two ways to, to do that. So if you're a brand of a certain scale and have access to an account manager with your network, um, then you can actually leverage that relationship that your account manager will already have with, with for example, a top cashback and, and, and reach out to them for you and say, look, we've got this brand. Here's what they want to do. Here's, a, here's what they're offering in terms of commission and, and go from there. And um, there is also um, on pretty much all networks as well now a self-managed feature. So you could go in and do this all yourself if you've got the time. Um, to do so or you have someone in-house that does this for you and and so actually there are ways to reach out to someone at the different publisher um, locations and say right hey we want to work with you how do we do this is there a sign-up process I mean most brands um, you know now have an idea as to what kind of commission they're going to pay so you need to think about that as well do a bit of research and look at the who else is on there so when you said before about you know who how do you want to how do you work out who to work with where are your competitors? Like what, who the people you're trying to emulate or, or, or challenge, where are they, what are they doing? And, and see if you can co- compete with that um, because it's important. You know, if, if you're looking, especially resellers or where a brand's not really specific. So when we're not talking about a Nike or an Adidas or um, a Reebok or a Puma, but you're looking for something quite generic um, as a product and you don't really know where to buy it from, that's kind of where these publishers really come into the fore and say, right, I'm looking for a mouse, right? I'm looking for a mouse. Where do I buy it from? You can use publishers to, to really find so many different people that are going to sell you a mouse um, and then look at quality, price, um, stock, you know, everything that comes with purchasing. Is there any like inside scoop or hacks or tools or stuff that you can recommend if I want, if I'm like this DTC brand right now and I'm like, cool, I sell mice, mouse, mouses, mice. Mice, mice is right, isn't it? Uh, I sell mice and I'm like, okay, cool. Where are all my competitors using affiliates? Have you got any tools that help me go and do that quickly? Or is that a stick competitors brands into Google and then just go down rabbit holes? Yeah, probably probably an element of that. But I think you, you could, I mean, especially with certain publishers, you could literally just search on their site. So Price Runner, Price Runner is a good example of like a feed-based affiliate. So they pull in feeds from thousands hundreds of thousands of different brands so you could search for a generic term mouse or keyboard or whatever and then see everyone that's in there every type of keyboard that's in there um and and what they're selling for the price points the commission that's being paid all that kind of stuff um trying to think i mean i personally uh during my time brand side used a tool called similar web um, which is really good. It, it kind of it shows you so much different data points. It shows you like how much traffic your competitor sites are getting and where it's coming from. So you could go on um, competitor X 
uh, inbound traffic and see how much is coming through affiliates and actually breaks it down even further into like where that is. So that that's probably, it's less product specific, but more brand specific, brand specific. You could Yeah, helpful. Gives, I guess, a really nice signal for someone to go and say, actually, I should go and look more in this place. All right, let's, let's jump back to that journey, which is, um, okay, I'm dabbling with this. I've gone and found some potential uh, partners that I want to work with. What are, the, what are the next steps in order for me to start getting my product into this affiliate ecosystem? Yeah, so I mean, presuming you've picked a network. Um, so again, networks all sort of solve different problems that whilst we all offer the same, similar at least um, in terms of like tech and then um, platform, um, you then really need to leverage why you pick that network. So for example, WebGains, we really push the fact that we have an amazing account support. So again, leveraging that saying, right, use your account manager where should we be going next what publishers should we be using um are we offering enough money so are we competitive within the commission space are we actually really falling down because whilst we're live on all these publishers we're not doing enough because we're not either paying enough or are we in the right spaces optimizing what you're doing um and then and then really it's test and learn Uh, a lot of the affiliate space is test and learn testing exposure so you know if you run a newsletter with a publisher how does it perform? How many people does it go out to? And how many people are actually clicking through and, and, and actually visiting your site? You might find that certain publishers um, don't fit what you are trying to achieve, uh, whereas others, which you wouldn't have even known about, um, are an incredible match for you. So, you know, during my time um, at Fanatics, we, we tried a lot of different content publishers, um, some that actually weren't ever even in the affiliate space. Um, and, and we said, well, there's a kind of affinity here. They're interested in football shirts. We sell football shirts, but they don't do affiliate. Why not? And reaching out direct and saying to them, fancy working with us on a, on a CPA basis, we'll pay you for everything that you drive to our website. Um, that's probably a little bit more advanced. It's probably for the, the, the second question around you know people that are already live. But it's, it's about testing and learning. So inviting publishers to your program, uh, getting everything live, chasing up and making sure that you know your links are live and that um they're pushing you in the right spaces so you know um are you pushing um someone that's selling keyboard you know a a computer keyboard in tech categories make sure you categorize correctly as well yeah yeah makes sense that there's a bunch of things there that you've mentioned that i want to try and i'm going to put a pin in for now but there's like all these mechanics that actually happen around once transactions happen i'm interested to work out what's the like the reconciliation process and paying and bits like that. But I'll, I'll make a note, pause there on that, put a pin in it. Let's move on to that second piece, which is people that are in the affiliate game right now. So people that are using affiliates, they think they're doing an okay job and they're listening to this going, I like this channel. It doesn't seem to be, I guess, scaling as quickly as I want to or getting the ROI that I'm looking for. Like what's the advice when you're speaking to these brands that you go, actually, are you doing these things or have you tried this stuff? What's if you were to drop in as a consultant to help them grow, what would you be saying? Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, the first thing I do, I I have that conversation a lot with people um, because they're either, you know, they're they're on their own, they're doing it all themselves or they're on another network platform and they're saying, what, you know, what would you do differently? And we say, look, let's, let's run a gap analysis and see who you're working with versus who you're not working with and, and why not we can do a, a competitor analysis and look at your spend. So are you paying enough commission in that space? You know, if you're up against the big dogs, then what, you know, especially when you're a smaller brand, potentially, if you're a growing brand, but you're still smaller, a challenger brand, 
the, the brand trust is probably actually lower than buying from say an Argos or a Currys or because they know that they know who they are. They know that they're going to get their products and, and there's nothing, that's not a diss on the brand that's challenging, but if you've never shopped there before and you've never really heard of them, there's going to be an element of sort of distrust, I guess, until you can trust that brand. So working on that. And then I think just finding out why, why things aren't growing quickly enough. So I think the typical, the most common reason why things aren't growing quick enough is, is time to be devoted to the channel. So um, the beauty of working with a network whereby you would have an account manager is that it's scalable our side. So we can have a chat with a publisher about five, six, seven different brands very quickly. Whereas if you're working on your own, you're only talking about your brand. So to scale, then talking 10 to 15 publishers, that's 15 hours um, in a week. Now, it doesn't sound all that much, I guess, across a week, but it is a long time if you're a marketing manager who's doing SEO, PPC, paid social, all that other stuff. So it's just what what is the 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 bottleneck here? What's stopping you from being able to 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 scale this? And then I guess for us, we we have so much data when it comes to performance. So we we know within reason what works for different brand types and and in different verticals. So we can give a little bit more in talent. You know, you might not know of different publisher opportunities because you're not in the know. You're only brand side, so you only hear what you hear from the platform, right? So it's pretty hard to find that information, but we have obviously a publisher team in-house that would share that information with the account management team and say, look, Easy Fundraising have got a massive um, promotion this weekend about X, Y, Z. So your brands might be really relevant here. It's that kind of sharing of opportunities and saying, look, you might fit in really well with this. Or yeah, it, it, I think it's just understanding why. And, and typically time is the biggest um pinch point for a lot of marketing managers who have a program but just can't scale it all that quickly yeah i'm kind of getting the sense that there's it's kind of the self-serve do-it-yourself platforms but you kind of and this isn't a shameless plug for web gains even though if, if brad was on this call he would make this a shameless plug for web gains and we'll probably hear from brad at some point throughout this episode or in a follow-up um but he's he's a huge fan of what you guys do and he's probably the first one to sort of second the fact that this is it takes time and it, there, there's some time to, to invest into this. There's kind of like self-serve networks, but it sounds like there's a done with you network as well, uh, which is kind of like how you guys tend to, feels like how you approach it. A couple of things that I want to try and explore. One, you've mentioned this commissions right now. And I'm, is it as simple as you sharing what benchmark commission structure look like? How can we give the audience a flavor of, okay, I'm interested in affiliate. How much is this going to cost me? Have you got, can you, can you share some of that information so people can get a bit of a flavor for it? Yeah. I mean, the, the most public and easy way to find out rough commissions as to what's going on elsewhere is a cashback website, because you know that with top cashback, for example, they pass the majority, if not all of the cashback back to the customer, so the commission, sorry, back to the customer. So if Argos is 5% cashback, you know, it's going to be at least five to 6% is being paid by Argos as a commission to the publisher. So you can kind of get a feel as to what's being paid out and then work from there. So, you know, typically, and this isn't necessarily how I would do things, but you gave the voucher partners get paid a little bit less just because there's a discount involved. Your content partners would get a little bit more because they sit a little bit higher up in that funnel. And therefore for them to convert as many sales as those partners, they're going to have to do a lot more. So you tend to pay them a little bit more for that, especially with the upfront work they have to do. Um, in terms of, what we can do we, we can we can give a lot of data non you know anonymous in terms of what other people are doing but we can say look within the home and garden vertical the typical 
permission is X, Y, Z. Um, there's a lot of different things you can do with commissions. Um, so you could give new and returning customer commissions. So you might pay a little bit less for an existing customer just because you know, you've already done a lot of work to, to bring them in. Your CRM, CRM sorry, should do a lot more work than, than affiliate with those people. Um, you could also do commissions by average order spend. So if someone spends 20 to 30 pounds, you might pay 5%, 30 to 40, you might pay 6% and so on. So you can be really creative. Um, we have an, a, a dynamic commissioning tool. So it could be that if a certain skew is added to basket, then you pay a little bit more or you know, and that automatically will pay a little bit more based on that. So loads of different ideas there. But start simple for sure. If you're new to affiliate, start simple. Offer as strong as you can, um, but yeah, you know, do do your research as well, and and leverage leverage your network. Your network can give you a lot of intel. Quick question, and this is definitely uh, potentially a, a layman's question, but all the stuff you just mentioned is that what web gains or the network offer as a platform? Which because all of that sounded bloody complex. Which is hey, like AOV new versus returning. There's all these like is that the logic that that you offer within your platform. So I'm not having to then work out on a spreadsheet at the end of the day. Well, this was 30 quid. So I owe them 5%. That was 45 quid. So I owe them 7%. Can you just break down like the actual functionality and it, let's use web gains as the example, obviously, but like what are the, what are the tools and levers that I can use within web gains to make my life easier if I decide to jump in? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when you, when you, um, join, web gains in this instance you set up the tracking which we join we do with you and then after that the commission management is really straightforward so we have a platform that where you write you go in and say right for these publishers you can apply it to all publishers so you can say i have 100 publishers on my platform right now everyone is going to get four percent flat and you can set that up your or your account manager can right you can also then say okay all my content partners are going to get 10 percent, and you put them in a group add 10% and that does it for you. So if the, the, they are set up in that group, automatically in the platform, you'll see the sales that have tracked, um, how much commission is being paid. And and that is as simple as that. You're not, as you say, going back and going, okay, we agreed on the 1st of July to pay them this much. And then it changed on the 2nd. And there's none of that. Um, the platform, um, along with your account manager, sets all that up. Makes sense. Something just popped up and I was like, oh, I wonder how you handle this. Um, I sell something through an affiliate and then that gets refunded. How does that, how does that get reconciled? That seems messy. How does that get reconciled? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, you should absolutely be doing validations. Some brands don't. I've heard what does that mean? What's a validation okay. mean? So validation is that re reconciliation period. So there's always a bit of time between the tracked transaction and then paying your invoice. So I'll, I'll kind of explain the process. So, Customer goes on top cashback, makes a purchase through your website, the commission tracks through uh, web gains, and therefore the cashback for the customer tracks in their account and says, congratulations, you've got five pounds due. Um, there's always a date and it's always probably two, three, four months in advance because you don't get it straight away. During that time, um, web gains then compile all of the transactions through um, say that, that month and send them to the brand. And the brand will have all the transaction IDs and go, right, VLOOKUP, typically, this is uh, typical. Okay, out of the 1,000 transactions that went through, uh, 10 were cancelled, didn't ever even leave the door. 
Um, 15 were uh, refunded or partially refunded and the rest were all fine. We then automatically will then change those values. So transaction one, two, three was refunded. The new value is zero. There is no commission to be paid um, and that's it. And then after that period, it will update in the platform and then you pay the invoices to what you've actually seen. Um, and typically those numbers are net. So no VAT or anything like that and no delivery fees. Most brands don't make any money on delivery. So that's that. Now, more recently, um, WebGames have an API, which you can plug into, which will do this automatically, which is a lifesaver because it's an absolute pain sometimes with, again, time. Time is a bottleneck. Um, so the API will do that for you um, as long as you've got the capability to do so, which is um, an absolute dream. For that, is that like API plugged it into Shopify? And then if there's a refund, cancellation, partial refund, it then yeah. picks it up automatically. Yeah as, long, yeah, as long as they have the capability to do so, yeah. Yeah, Amazing. So this episode of the podcast was brought to you in partnership with our friends over at Bloomreach. Bloomreach empowers businesses to deliver personalized experiences across their digital channels by combining the power of unified customer and product data with the speed and scale of AI optimization. Bloomreach ensures the right product is put in front of the right customer at the right time. When I learned about this, I said, hey, have you got some examples so I can bring it to life on the podcast? And they said, we can do one better. There's a whole use case library with everything from how to retain customers time on site with similar and co-viewed products, increasing AOV by showing customers their last viewed items at checkout, through to how to personalize offers based on customer preferences and contextual personalization. To see how Bloomreach can support your e-commerce strategy, from SMS reminders to personalized product recommendations, simply press the link in the show notes and you'll be taken over to the Bloomreach use case library, where there's 77 use cases that will show you how to use Bloomreach to grow the right way. Uh, Jack, I want to do a little bit of a, just sort of like wrap up. I want to do a bit of future gazing with you in terms of I guess maybe not specifically around platform, but like where do you see this affiliate space moving to over the next? Will you pick the time frame? I don't know how quick this this market moves, but set the time frames and let me know what you think. If you had to get your crystal ball out and go, I think this is what affiliate's gonna look like, and here's the things that brands need to consider. Give us some insight. It's difficult because you asked me that a year ago, maybe two years ago. So post-pandemic, you're thinking, okay, everything's gonna really move to sustainability. Right, everyone is really, really like the the sustainable partners are really doing quite well. There's brand, there's partners. Sorry, way by if you make a purchase rather than getting the cash straight into your bank account as a as a thank you, it goes towards like electronic miles when you charge your car, or you can get um, where they plant trees with that with that money. Um, however, the, the the way the economy then went means that people have kind of revoked on that a little bit, and they're going, no, nah, I'm still price sensitive here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna still keep looking at discounts. I think from a publisher point of view, AI is is definitely becoming bigger. So content partners are actually producing more content because they're spending less time actually writing it and using AI to do the the content. I I 100% have played with ChatGPT and, and written some amazing things. Oh, they have for me, and, and it's it's brilliant, and um, because you get the majority of it written, and then you just go in and tamper with certain pieces. Um, that that's actually a really good question. I think. Discount's still going to be involved, right? People still want to feel like they're getting value. But I think more brands have been really clever with how to do that. So 
publishers are sort of changing how they work. You know, Top Cashback are very good at doing what they do, but they've also now got the toolbars. So whereby, you know, if you go on a website, it will automatically come up saying, hey, there's cashback available here if you if you want to sign up and get this or if you've already got it installed. Um, I think we're seeing smart partnerships, more brand-to-brand partnerships. Um, so Tavizo, um, Adrian's a really, really good guy to speak to on, on, on Adrian Velo on LinkedIn, but he he has Tavizo, which will connect brands with other brands. So post-purchase, if you've just bought, um, a good example is if you've just bought a holiday, um, typically you'll therefore need sun cream and clothes. So after that post-purchase um, behavior, a little banner says, hey, what about boots? You need some sun cream, what about boots? Or what about you know, Boohoo, Zara, whoever else for, for your clothes for the, for the holiday? So really nice tie-ins where again, not discount led as such, but just focusing on that, that sort of consumer behavior, that, that pattern of what they're gonna buy next and then putting your brand at the forefront of it. I think that's where it's, it's moving. Yeah, super interesting. It's like potentially less around discount, more more sophistication around placement based on like the customer journey, like because I guess the te- technology is allowing that now. Jack, I always like to wrap these up. I say always, but I've just started doing it. I'm not sure where this episode sits in the big scheme of things. So people might have gone, you haven't done that in the past. Uh, what's the question, question or questions that I haven't asked yet that I should have in order to get the most value for the audience? By the way, that's me passing the absolute book going, hey, uh, have we covered everything here? Have I done my job properly? If not, can you help me finish my job? That's kind of what I've just asked you to do. That's a really hard question. I think well, the one question is, is, is affiliate for everyone? We didn't really, we said we, we kind of quantified it a little bit, but, but in theory, actually, yes, uh, it is, as long as you've got the time to, to, to do this, right? And time to invest in it. I think the other thing is that we we obviously this is a shameless plug for for web games is sort of why why pick a specific network and so they all have their merits right all of us so every single network but I think um, just understanding your business needs you know if you are a huge conglomerate business with you know ten people working in affiliate then one network might be great for you but if you haven't got that time and you haven't got that 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 manpower what do we need because uh, as you said we, we work with work with growth foundation a lot um who are a fantastic agency so actually should we be looking at uh, using a network with an agency and we didn't really cover that that's probably actually the, the answer is here is where do agencies fit into this um oh let's both agencies, do, let's do this let's play with this both shamelessly yeah. where yeah, do agencies why not? sit a- a- agencies are brilliant because as a network we love work with agencies because they work on different brands they know the affiliate space and so it's having conversations with people that know quite a lot already that's brilliant for agencies they also want to leverage networks because we have the knowledge and the data from so many different brands it kind of goes back to that same point we discussed earlier we have all the case studies and all the existing test and learn information to say i wouldn't advise it it doesn't work for a lot of brands actually but this one would so it's kind of a very harmonious relationship between agencies and, and networks. And as long as the tech stands up and you know your platform is not down all the time and the tracking works, which you know, we've still got 99.99% since I think it was like 2015, so it's pretty good. We're on, we're in a really good place. So yeah, I think um, it's, a, it's a really nice relationship to have with agencies. Yeah, and again, speaking for Brad, but I do hear him sing the praises. I'm actually always 
shocked in a positive sense as to how much interaction he has with you and the team because it's as i think about networks and platforms it's i consider it a oh self-serve go on click the buttons do the work whereas actually he seems to and correct me if i'm wrong but there seems to be like a lot of account management and support both ways feeding information in order to benefit the client and i think that's probably where like these two like the network and an agency working in sync together, the real value created is for the client and then everybody's winning in that situation. Yeah, and, and in terms of like even the naming Growth Foundation, you need a lot of that to grow. Um, you need the support and even as an agency who knows what they're doing and has all the intel and the skills in terms of affiliate, you still kind of need a lot more from a network to support that growth and really nurture that 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 program. So Whilst, yes, it's very possible for a brand that's of a certain size and probably a little bit more mature to just use the tech, carry on as you are, maybe try a couple of things here and there. If you're really looking to attack and grow, especially at the moment, that kind of relationship with a network of, of you know really nurturing those programs is, is huge. Jack, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks so much for hanging out on The Right Way to Grow. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Adam. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to say thank you for tuning in and I truly hope you enjoyed it. If you're new to the podcast, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get notified the next time we drop an episode. If there are any questions or follow-up topics you wish I got to with today's guest, please email me. It's adam at thegrowth.foundation. That's adam at thegrowth.foundation because I've told all guests I might follow up for a quick 5-10 minute follow-up show in case there's anything our audience wanted us to get to. Anything that we've covered in today's show, you can find as links in the show notes of the podcast, as well as links to our partners Bloomreach and Verse. And lastly, if you haven't yet joined our newsletter, make sure you do. We've got something special planned for the end of season one, where we're taking 10 listeners of this podcast out for dinner as a little thank you for being a subscriber. Stay well, speak soon. I'll catch you next time on The Right Way to Grow.